Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today, it's the beginning of the end for Beast Wars, as it's the <laughs> first part of the two-part finale, Nemesis Part 1. Oh man, we're almost there. It's almost oh, no. over. What are we gonna do next? Are, are we are we sure it's the end? I mean, we've had finales before where like almost everybody dies. That's, that's yeah, a good and, point. And the, in this finale, mostly people don't. That's why it's not the. Uh, that's why. That's how you can tell it's not a series, a season finale. <laughs> Although. Huh. That uh, Tarantulas' death in our last episode was merely a precursor. This show is getting all Game of Thrones on us real fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, I'm surprised that Tarantulas stayed dead. Yes. I mean, I'm sure somewhere out there, someone in some sadly professional capacity has written a story about how Tarantulas got put back together and then did some very important stuff that tied into G1 in mm. some manner. And actually, he was like... I don't know, Skywarp or something stupid. Oh, you mean how he survived the Beast Wars and then was like a voice in the ear of Prowl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a different story altogether. I could, I could get behind that one actually though. It's probably the best post Beast Wars, Beast Wars adjacent fiction. It is, definitely. Well, it's that or maybe that one issue of Windblade. Yeah, uh, that, that. Yeah. Or Black Rackman sort of- animated. It, it sort of oh. depends on what you're looking for in Beast Wars adjacent fiction, I suppose. Mm. Yes. But anyway, on to Beast Wars non-adjacent fiction, because it is actually Beast Wars. Yes. We open with Tigerhawk doing some aerial Tai Chi. Yeah. The dark and stormy night. Yes. Yep. Tigerhawk has mastered all the four elements. He is the Avatar. <laughs> yes. Also, this episode is written by Bob Forward. Yes. Although it, it uh, as we now know, it was sort of a collaboration between Bob Forward and uh, longtime Transformers comics writer Simon Furman. Yay. Yeah, they kind of both wrote both episodes, and then Forward's credited with the first part, and Furman is credited with the second part. I, I was super excited for that when it was a new thing, too. Oh, sure. Well, at the time, I guess he hadn't done any Transformers work since, like, 1994? Just some convention stuff. Oh, yeah, I think that was, yeah, he had done this stuff for uh, BotCon 97, which, admittedly, I haven't looked at it in a long time. But I do tend to remember that as being one of the few exceptions to the whole problem with people writing outside Beastwars <laughs> stuff. It, it actually did feel like it was a part of the Beast Wars. <laughs> yes. Is that the one, that's the one with uh, Shockeract? No, this was oh, before no, that. It was oh, that's just the one with the one... Uh, Fractal and Packrat. Yeah. Mm. Just Fractal and Packrat, and it was just you know, shoehorned right in with, with the rest of the show versus being so all this... didn't try to be world-changing and uh, tie everyone possible back to G1? No, it was just some dudes. 
Ah, uh, the good old days. <laughs> so you can tell uh, Furman is co-writing this because we're getting all biblical all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah. Now, does, uh, so, well, okay, so so we go on on Optimus Primal reading from this book. That book looks like it has a cassette in it. Oh, it's God, a book that's on the tape. best part. <laughs> <laughs> the Covenant of Pr- Primus comes on cassette. <laughs> the Covenant of Primus from Audible. <laughs> um, the, has, are these actually paraphrased Bible quotes? Um, only uh, about twenty percent. Yeah. Okay, because my only exposure to the Bible really is reading it in college. Okay, the the Alpha and Omega bit from the next episode is biblical, and then the uh, later bit about Megatron laying his vengeance upon you is kind of based on the Bible, but more based on the quote from Pulp Fiction, <laughs> <laughs> which was also pseudo biblical. Yes, and so I, I assume that means that um, Onks Primal got his quote uh, from the from the uh, Covenant of Primus. Embarrassingly, I once posted on a forum after somebody referencing Alpha and Omega. Oh, Beast Wars! <laughs> Aww, that's adorable. And they were anyway, like, and- oh, Christianity. Oh, <laughs> look at us and our agnostic upbringings. Yeah. So anyway, this, uh, this is, I believe, the first ever mention of the Covenant of Primus, and it's the, it's since become like a mainstay of Transformers continuity. Wait, wasn't it? I thought it was mentioned in an earlier episode. I don't, don't believe so, no. Yeah, maybe I just remember. Feels very new in this episode. Yeah, it's the yeah. first and time mentioned had, that there's like, only two copies, one of which was on the dark. Yeah, full quote. Yeah, when we get to that, I have some very serious questions, but we will, we will get to that. Them talking about the talking about the scarcity of that particular text. Yeah, there are there are two of them. Yeah, uh, one was on the ark, and the other spoilers. Yes, <laughs> which does seem weird. And yeah, uh, since like the people are quoting it without having. If there's only two copies, how can so many people who are in this cast who are from the future have read it? Maybe copies? they mean like the original copies? Yeah, well, I, they should okay, mention I'll, that. I'll bring up my very important question. Did the Maxims like censor and outlaw religion then? <laughs> or is this some sort of apocryphal text? It's Primal quotes it, so... Yeah, but people's we, got a copy. And we later know that Megatron would have known it uh, years earlier. Yeah, he already. So he's read not it. just reading it for the first time. So it, uh, it, there should be a mention of a first edition in there or something. Yeah, I mean, I or assume the this is like the actual Dead Sea Scrolls or something. Yeah, yeah I, I assume these after... are the hard copies, and then just every copy they've made since has just been digital and not printed. You know, the, the, the original, yeah, the original copy, the original cassette tapes, uh, <laughs> you know, which were magnetized by Primus himself. <laughs> After the last issue of, of More Than Meets the Eye, I shudder at the term first edition. <laughs> Which is yeah. kind of sad being a huge book nerd, but now that's, that's rooted itself in my head. Although I also <laughs> want to know the audiobook versions of these. Like, who narrated it? That's a, that's yeah. a good question. I mean, oh, was Judd it Judd Nelson? It? it was Judd Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> 
that, that fits in with the whole uh, G1 comic thing with Primus looking an awful lot like Hot Rod. Also, also Fed Nelson probably needs the money. <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess that's that. That is a different way to think of it because I mean, we know that the Maximals clearly like censored things. There, there was obviously some control of knowledge going on because they talked about. You know, the records of like Starscream being, uh, purged and, and some other stuff. Ooh. You know, there's a lot of stuff that the Maximals didn't know because it had been locked away by the Maximal elders. So yeah, that just really made me wonder if, if these were the only two copies because the Maximals had, had outlawed religion or something. And, but, or, or like I said, maybe the, the covenant was an apocryphal text, like, you know, a Dead Sea Scrolls sort of thing. But I I can see it being that these are the only like original copies. That's a lot less ridiculous. Yeah, the the unedited versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Rhinox seems to know what the deal with the Covenant is, whereas Rat Trap does not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rhinox is a really spiritual dude, and Rat Trap doesn't care. Rat sleeps in on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. So that could just mean that you know. Yeah, it could just mean varying interest versus, yes. you know, digging up forbidden texts. <laughs> yeah, and Primal believes that, you know, Tiger Hawk's coming was prophesied in the Covenant of Primus, and it turns out a lot of the following events of the next episode, well, two episodes, are going to be in this well, which makes me wonder, um, like, were the rest of the Base Wars episodes also prophesied in the Covenant of Primal? Yeah. Did and lo, don't... he would fart so massively. <laughs> <laughs> and whoa, and lo, he would break wind with such great force that oh, even unto the heavens they should see it. I would guess no, because otherwise it'd be easier to figure out once you start reading. Although maybe the same finales are in there. Yeah. Okay, guys. Okay. Okay. Next week, a uh, bunch of you are going to go blind, and you're going to have to find your way back to the base. <laughs> so get ready, fat. Yeah. It does kind of seem like, I mean, I guess maybe not so much, uh, I guess, once we get more into the Beast Machine stuff with Botanica and we see that, you know, taking on forms based on the local organic life is not quite so odd. Because otherwise it would seem like the whole thing about, you know, them being, that, that we hear in the next episode with them being in the guise of beasts or something like that would really make you be like, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah, you guys didn't figure this out before? <laughs> but maybe that's, you know, maybe that's common for exploratory teams at that point. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, the Predacons are homeless, and none of them mm-hmm. are particularly thrilled. <laughs> no, also, Death Charge and Silverbolt have very bad peripheral vision. Also yeah, there they were like half of the Predacons were just standing around in the remains of Tarantulas' exploded base. The other half were hiding, but the they just didn't see him flying over. Although, admittedly, Inferno is really good at camouflaging himself. Inferno <laughs> is defying the laws of physics. So no oh yeah, he does, the, he does the amazing Looney Tunes thing where he's standing behind a tree that's too thin for him to stand behind, so he's just kind of like... Masked by the tree. Yeah, he walks out, out from behind it. He rolled really good on his stealth check. <laughs> he crit it. He crit his stealth check. 
So yeah, Rampage is especially not pleased, and this prompts Dinobot to actually take his spark right out of his chest and start squeezing it with his bare hands. Seems cruel and unusual. Not hurt Dinobot. Yeah, and that's apparently the... it doesn't. No, it... because remember he used to have like the the squeeze box in his chest that would squeeze yeah. the, and I guess that he took that out because now it's the spark. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like I thought when they put the spark in that was kind of powering him in part his spark ish sorta, of, but. Apparently he's just a container because it, maybe it just started him, who knows? I mean, there's all sorts of weirdness going on with that spark, which we're gonna find out shortly. Yeah, that, that gets more complicated oh, yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Inferno like it's wants made to find- dark glass or something. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Inferno wants to found a new colony, and so Megatron, apparently just to get rid of him, just sends <laughs> him off with Wasp Leader and Quickstrike to go find a new I mean, that's not unreasonable. Well, Just, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you go do that. I think it's and more. And leave the rest of us alone. I think it's more he sends them off as a distraction. Like the, the, the Maximals might notice these idiots wandering around in a forest. Well, I think it's also to distract Inferno well, and yes. Waspinator and Quickstrike. Yeah, you guys yeah. have been useless. Go away. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Megatron. So they keep poking around this lair. Um, I believe it's here where Megatron talks about uh, tarantulas being Unicron spawn, which... Yeah, that's... Uh, paired with the comment last episode that he and the Tripreticus Council are of different origins, spawned some particularly egregious fan theories. Much like the dark side, this was taken literally by some people. Yep. (sighs) I mean, even if that is... The thing is, it makes no sense because there's no way Megatron would know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless Tarantulas told him. Yeah, but Megatron was surprised when he found out that uh, Tarantulas was part of the secret police, but he somehow just knows that he's also the the son of the devil. (laughs) The actual yeah. robot devil. Yeah, it seems more likely he he just uses that in his, as an insult to imply, oh, he was working for the Predacon Council and I hated those guys. They might as well be some Unicron. Well, I yeah. also think that it's basically the, you know, broadcast standards and practices yes. version of Son of yeah, a Bitch. They could, yeah. Yes. On the other hand, Tarantulas did firmly believe that gambling's wrong, and so is cheating. So is forging phony IOUs. Let's say that he let decide what kind of torture is justified. I'm Pit Boss here on level two. <laughs> I mean, his his lair is kind of like an actual factual robot hell. Yeah. It's also under a rock. Yeah. Also that. <laughs> it is. It's literally under a rock. And yeah, he's got it, it just a big, big, uh, big porthole here under a rock, which uh, Dinobot finds out. And uh, yeah, there's a whole big tunnel. And I mean, this is tarantula, so either he's got some sort of big secret plan, or this is just where he keeps his corpses. We're <laughs> <laughs> both. Turns out a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah, yeah. that's this is true. But it does just like he blew up his base, but it wasn't his actual base because he has more, way more stuff under there that's busy for. Had to have been years building this. Oh, yeah. Especially since this is his second layer. He didn't have this till season two. I think it's his third layer, technically, because he had a yeah, layer right outside the, the dark side, and then he had a uh, further one that got trashed. 
And now there's this one they blew up. At least oh, yeah. fourth, if not fifth. Oh, and there was the whole under, well, I guess the underground complex with the maze was part of second. The guy had all kinds of lairs. Spiders are very industrious builders. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah, he's got this whole big underground, complete with uh, like an underground railroad or an underwater railroad thing. Yeah, apparently yeah, Francis is like playing a... river. <laughs> he's got a little uh, submarine on tracks. Yes. It does seem weird that it's on. That he's taking the time to put his, his submarine on a monorail towards the. Well, spoilers! It's the title of the episode. Well, presumably he was, you know, gonna do something down there with it. Yeah, but it does seem it, it's it's really big. It, it's like a subway car sized submarine for yeah. him. It's big enough that everyone except Rampage loads into it. Maybe he wanted to bring a bunch of stuff back with him. Uh, oh yeah, I guess he could have been dragging stuff out to build up his base. Yeah, that makes sense. Possibly also corpses. <laughs> yeah. Dragging stuff in to repair it. Yeah. yeah. Possibly also corpses. Because as we see, this was quite an involved project here. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah Silverbolt and Depth Charge uh, spot these guys. Uh, Optimus ends up the cavalry, which includes uh, Cheetor, who can, I guess, just fly now in beast mode. Uh, the yeah. first time we've seen that. Kind of. Well, he did you it know. in his first transmetal, so it doesn't make that much of a stretch, he can do it again. Whatever, it's convenient. And also, Depth Charge can fly in robot mode. It's just, it, much like a Generation 1 episode, everybody can just fly for no reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you do. Also, he's yeah. sending them out because Depth Charge has decided to be the loosest of kins. Yes. <laughs> no, Performex is down there. I'm gonna go kill him. <laughs> it's gotta be Wolverine. Do you believe? Or the Punisher at that point, I guess. Yeah. Wait, Rampage, your mother's name is Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Martha was their safe word. No, we have to be friends now. (laughs) Oh, God, that's a stupid movie. Anyway, yeah, it is nice to see that Batman or uh, Depth Charge exists, because has he not been in the last few episodes? No, he has not. We haven't seen him since, uh, geez, Go With the Flow, I think. Yeah, there we go. Well, it's nice to see him around. I'm sure he's going to be through to the finale and then in Beast Machines. Yep. <laughs> totally. This episode. I wouldn't kill off someone at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the Maximals all get there. They open up the hatch, and there is just a bundle of dynamite in it. Just a literal bundle of TNT. It's a, oh, <laughs> and the fuse is lit. It's like There's not even anything that visibly would make it light up. It's just... They open it, and there's a lit thing of dynamite. Yes. Where did Megatron even keep this? Well, a, Tarantulas <laughs> probably had it around his base, made a bit that didn't explode when his the self-destruct <laughs> went off. And it's... They finally hit the perfect level of cartooniness wedged into the serious story by going full Looney Tunes. <laughs> it's, it's just... Also, Death's Charge is the one that opened the hatch to the lair... But Silverbolt is the one that takes all the damage from it. Well, Depth Charge has his yes. wing shields. Plus, he probably jumped out of the way. Oh, I don't want to get hit by that. Silverbolt yeah, insists that he is fine, even as body parts continue to fall <laughs> off him. Yeah, he's, he starts... Including his head. 
He goes, Poor Silver Bolt. He's got pieces like Season 1 Waspinator. Oh, yeah. there's another thing. We get a new model of a butterfly that gets completely vaporized in the explosion. Yeah, they killed the metaphorical butterfly. Yeah, but it's, it's different. Because that... it's usually the yellow one. This one had black ones. Yeah, this one was, uh, it was quite pretty. And now it's scattered atoms. Maybe this is the, I don't know, philosophical butterfly. It's a season ender butterfly. Yeah. And the exchange between Silverbolt and Black Crackney is just the most sitcom-y thing ever. Oh, yeah. Shut up and obey your commander. Yes, dear. <laughs> and then <it's> <laughs> So yeah, that's just Lee, Primal, Tigerhawk, and Death Charge. They poke around the tunnels. And meanwhile, uh, the sub, the submarine train has reached the station. And it's the Nemesis. Oh no! Dun dun dun! I, I will note, and I had to, uh, I had to double check this on, on the wiki, but the Nemesis ending in the ocean is something that is consistent with both uh, the cartoon and comic continuities. Oh, the cartoon did, or the comic did too. I well, remember the cartoon. It doesn't end end up in the ocean in the cartoon, but it's not going to be in the ocean by the end of this two parter. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, anyway, and this is actually the first time it was named as the Nemesis. Well, yes, there is that too. This is the, the first time it is actually called that. Wait, wasn't it when... Oh, I get, maybe it wasn't when Black Arachne was telling the story of how the Autobot ship got there in the first the arc. I don't think it was, no. Oh, but I, I, did, I did go back and look at that sequence. It's actually a different Nemesis model, or slightly different. Oh. Like, the, the basic shape's the same, but, like, the conning tower was more square instead of, well, when we see it, it's more okay. rounded and... Arch. So, if it's the same model, they rebuilt half of it. Hmm. And meanwhile, uh, the reject Predacons have found a the proto-humans cave dwellings, and that's going to be their new colony. Because <laughs> Infernosis. Yeah. Such a sad, sad, like, it's not even, like, advanced humans <laughs> dwellings. Just these, like, holes in the side of a cliff. Yeah. It's not very dignified for, you know, Predacons. Well, it's very fitting for well, Inferno. Though. to be fair, Waspinator does tell the other Predacons they can kiss his ass. Yeah, oh, yeah. this is where, you know, Waspinator, it's been a long three seasons for Waspinator, and he has had it. Oh, this, yes. it's, it's his longest speech, and it's so good. He <laughs> doesn't like Megatron, doesn't like Predacons, doesn't like life in general, and he really doesn't like getting blown up all the time. Yes. Yes. You can kiss his big, fat, stripey, <laughs> and he gets blown up one more time. Oh, yeah. Um, I forget what, I think it's Quickstrike says something like, are you ready to rip? He shouts at Waspinator, and then Waspinator just whispers, no. And then he goes into his long speech about <laughs> all yeah. the crap he's had to put up with all the times he's get blown up. He gets he's demeaned. done. Oh. And then the uh, nice uh, girl proto-human beat him with a club repeatedly. This <laughs> his disembodied head with a club. His disembodied head, which has a gigantic yellow tongue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's new. That, and anyway, these these protoforms are they're pretty. Uh, you know, they know how to deal with robots now, and they just fought, watch a ton of spears at these hapless predacons. Oh. 
They, Again, they picked those... up on the whole tools thing pretty fast. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Inferno and, and Quick Strike are fighting for the royalty, whereas the proto-humans are fighting for Dinobot, or from what they learned from Dinobot. Yes. Mm-hmm. How to fight back in... And they throw a comical amount of spears. Yes. yes. <laughs> and it's the same uh, Gary Chuck uh, Caven guy. Yeah. In Venus yes. Yay! So, uh, again, lots of, lots of Gary uh, Gary Chuck making monkey noises. <laughs> and also, well, issuing commands, uh, he's also uh, doing a lot of pelvic thrusts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Waspinator yep. says he has plans again. Or Waspinator has yes. plans. Ow, as he's in the man. <laughs> and yeah, so meanwhile, in the in Tarantulas' hidey hole, uh, Primal and Tigerhawk have found what is going on, and uh, so they send Depth Charge out Ed because you know he's the underwater guy. Oh no, water, our only weakness. <laughs> only you can possibly save us, Depth Charge. <laughs> yes. And it's also at some point here where Optimus Primal refers to a Transmission M Cipher. Yes. Oh, I, I guess I missed that. Yay. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Coding Transmission M Cipher. <laughs> well, earlier there was a, a Gridzilla, which uh, refers to both a a character from Beast Wars Second, but more importantly, a person who posted on Alt Toys Transformers back in the day. Oh. A, a woman who was very involved in the fandom for quite some time. Hmm. Yeah, so, so Megatron and Dinobot are starting to start this uh, Nemesis back up because, uh, you know, Tarantulas has given it a new coat of paint and, uh, you know, power source. It's, it's got a transwarp cell. It's got a control console. You don't have to be a huge dude to activate. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. important. And it's also got a copy of the Covenant of Primus. Yeah. <gasps> Yay! And it's here that we learn that that's where Megatron got his name. Yes. Dun dun dun. Which I guess would be from Megatronus now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's in dumb. Yeah. yeah. And so that means that Megatron had access to the Covenant of Primus like ages ago, like back well, on Cybertron. He was flying that ship, wasn't he? Well, no. The. The. I guess if. Beast Wars hmm. Megatron. Wait. So did he want Megatron also name himself after the Covenant? I assume so, yes. Oh. But I mean, that means that Beast Wars Megatron, presumably. Like, did he take his name from Generation 1 Megatron or the Covenant of Primus Megatron? I think it, 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 the Covenant seems to be his implication because he said he's read it before. His name's in there. I want to be <laughs> that dude. Spoilers, yes. he is that dude. Yes. <laughs> so is, is being named Megatron like the Cybertronian equivalent of being named Judas? Yeah. Maybe it's like the, the equivalent of being named Victor with a K, so that people know you're evil. Because <laughs> it's got a K. Of course. Also, I, I will, I'd like to point out that Megatron couldn't go after the Nemesis before this point. Because he had to wait until Mainframe had figured out water. Well, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> water, and then there's shrimps, and there's bubbles. It's yep, very nice. super run over by... Uh... They did finally find out that water is like uh, air, but with a slightly blue tinge and everything slower. Yeah. Yes, and, and there are bubbles. And there are bubbles. I, yeah. I really liked the, the shrimp. I want a shrimp character now. Yeah, I'm surprised how detailed they were for just the guys yeah. who get squished. It's very uh, nice I, little I, shrimp. 
I guess they had, uh, I guess they went for seafood, uh, that day at Mainframe. Well, or maybe they just had the model laying around because somebody bit it, you never know. Yeah, the, 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 I cannot recall if there were any shrimp scenes in Reboot. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I, I watched the making of on the DVDs, and, and apparently they already had the Stonehenge model laying around, which is why they used oh. it in the first place. Oh. Oh. So maybe uh, the other elements are actually just stuff that was built. And, yeah, let's stick it in the show. We got room. They need to bring in some stuff from that Dire Straits video. <laughs> well, they didn't really have any place to put furniture. Or really blocky uh, representations of uh, Mark Knopfler. Well, maybe that was in, in Megatron's pile of trophies, but that's gone now. Now, I wonder, they did the Dire Straits. Did they also do the uh, computer-generated segments of uh, Beverly Hibbelys from UHF? Oh, I don't know. That is a good I think question. so, but I'm not sure. Uh, oh. I believe their answer. I mean, surely there could have there could only have been so many companies in the in like 1989 that would have been capable of doing that. Yeah, there were like two companies, and they were Industrial Light and Magic, and Mainframe. Yeah, and I'm not sure if Weird Al Yankovic had uh, ILM money. No. <laughs> also, it would help to get Mainframe because you know they they were the ones who had did the original one. Presumably, still had the assets lying around. Yeah, yes. no, well, I'm pretty have. sure there was a reference to that video in a reboot episode, though. Yes, oh, yeah. there definitely was. So they they did get to get to rest that just not in Beast Wars, sadly. Oh. So yeah, they they start turning on the, the there's somehow lights that illuminate the outside of the Nemesis. Tarantulas had a lot of t- spare time on his hands. And apparently what is written on the side of it is red dwarf in <laughs> Cybertrax. Oh. <laughs> oh, all of that just tickles me so much that that somebody was watching with or filmmaking this show. Nerds, goodness! <laughs> oh wow, that that makes more sense with uh, Waspinator's spare heads. Oh yeah, and their obsession with talking cats for idiots. <laughs> and Holly is basically Simon Furman. <laughs> Wait, Simon Furman is a lady. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, well, the, the first the... Holly, not the second Holly. When he was a bald dude. The second Holly is the first Holly in a wig. Kinda. <laughs> anyway, so Death Charge finds the nemesis, tells Primal about what he's found, but to, before he can get to it, he's got to go through Rampage. And they have a huge, cool underwater fight. Oh, it's, it's oh, man. Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Mantas. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Down to I'm... somebody kung fu kicking a missile and having jet plane flyover noises. <laughs> yes. Oh, and there's, there's... And uh, they've, both, they've both got energon crystals, they're sword fighting with them. Yeah, a Megatron, it, there's a cutback to Megatron's dragon head walking it on a TV monitor. Yes. Oh, and uh, at some I I don't remember in my notes. Someone says Star pa- Starbase Rugby? Yes! That is a reference to the old BotCon mainstay dealer, uh, Rugby's Starbase, which I believe was actually named after the owner's cat, Rugby, (laughs) uh, as I recall. But yes, that that is totally a fan reference. Rampage taunts a death charge about how apparently Rampage murdered everyone there and they were Rampage, and they were Death Charge's friends. Yeah. Yeah. He likes doing that. Which means that- Rampage apparently ate. Yeah. Well, yes, but which means that that Rampage attacked multiple bases other than the ones he escaped from. Because Starbase Rugby isn't where he said he was before. It was uh, Colony Omicron. Yeah. Maybe it was Starbase Rugby 
in Colony Omicron. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I think Rampage just went on, you know, a rampage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably went on a bit of a tear. And ate a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have to eat them? I mean, he may have just eaten their terror, or he may have physically eaten them. You could see either one working. Uh, again, there's another talked away Beast Wars story that comic never covered but could have. Yeah. yeah. Could have, could and they have. even made, like, a pre-Beast Rampage. They could have yeah, totally done it. pre-Beast Rampage. They made a depth, or the Fun Pub made a depth charge, too. Tell yeah, a story. Throw in some generics. You want to throw in a G1 guy in there, too. Whatever. Make a story about that. No. I don't know. Maybe single also best tougher or something. Yeah. Single best post Beast Wars fiction is a theft of the golden disc. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it yeah. tells a story that ought to be told, adds only one new character, and is just satisfied with being just characterments. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. So they are fitting Rampage gets a real nasty cut on his chest with the energon. When and we find out his. Spark is, like, in his shoulder almost. It's, like, up and high. Yeah. And also there's some sort of, like, red fluid around it. Uh, his innermost energon. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> there we go. No prize. And so, yeah. And I will note that both David Sobolov and Campbell Lane's voice acting is really great in this scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even, uh, Campbell Lane even managed to... Sell the line, face it, Finns, you can't win. <laughs> Which is no no mean feat there. Yeah. No. This is a remarkably dark fight sequence. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's I good. mean, they, they are straight up trying to murder each other. Yeah. And, yeah. But it ends with Rampage basically giving up and accepting death. Because yeah. he, let, I mean, he lets go know, of the, the Energon shard that depth charge is trying to wedge into his spark. Well, I mean, I presume he knows that he'll be taking depth charge with him, so oh, that's, yeah. that was my assumption that's enough well. for him. And as he said a couple episodes ago, I regret everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just wants to die, you know. Yeah, I've had a long, horrible life, and uh, you know, this is probably it. That's okay yeah. with me. As long as I can take you with me, just because I hate you. And, and yeah, there is a huge explosion, and well, the Maximals briefly think they're uh, that Death Charge to destroy the Nemesis uh, result, which prompts Rat Trap to kiss Rhinox again. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are two on-screen kisses in this show, and it's Rat Trap and Rhinox. <laughs> well, none of them have snouts. Yeah. And then bits of Death Charge float up to the surface. Yeah. Death Charge yeah. and Rampage, and then we get a nice little scene where. Death Charge's wing kind of sinks to the bottom. Yeah, showing he's definitely yep. dead. Oh, but it was a really big explosion. I think maybe Rampage was hoping the explosion would, like, take out part of the Nemesis and Megatron 2. Because it does yeah. shock Dinobot 2, and we get flashes of Dinobot 1, which is weird. Well, I, I guess that's because, I mean... Rampage and Dinobot shared a spark. Yeah, but... They each had halves, so... Presumably only ever Dinobot 2. Yeah. It's it's just weird that I, I thought, because it's been so long since I watched these episodes, I thought that would kill Dinobot 2. But, mm-hmm. spoilers for next episode, it doesn't. He's still no, yeah. it. although it kind of... 
I mean, it puts it, an end to his previous existence. It, yeah, it, it definitely changes him. Yeah, in a weird mm-hmm. way that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. But Dark glass! Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It is interesting. So, uh, Optimus is hovering over, oh, oh, they're dead, oh, but yay, they stopped Megatron! And then, Nemesis rising. <laughs> yep, and this yep. is really nicely animated. Oh, so, oh. this is a, back to, to when uh, Megatron was reading from the Nemesis's copy of the Covenant. The Nemesis's copy of the Covenant has an Autobot emblem on it. Oh, yeah, good. I guess, I mean, original printing, he didn't want to put a new dust jacket on it. I guess so. Okay, so, so for taking it, it's is the original printing. There are only two. They have the Autobot symbol on because the Autobot still is more a symbol for Primus, or originally was possibly. As we see in the, the Marvel comics, it, the, the, the face inside Primus in that one issue where Octopus shoots in the face looks like a cross between Rodimus and the Autobot symbol. Right. I suppose. Yeah. And then maybe it's also a reference, and it's also kind of based on the face of the, uh, the last Autobot. Yeah. Yes, which is Definitely the Autobot. Which symbol. is also. And that's definitely something that would all probably be in the Covenant yeah, of Primus. Which also uh, ends up being similar to the face that we finally get on Primus when we get a toy of Cybertron that transforms into Primus a few series from now. And it also kind of looks like Vector Prime's face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very just generic face dude robot. Mm. Yeah, it's up. There's mist coming off it, and uh, it's fully operational. <laughs> Well, mostly fully operational. It, it can hover and fly and shoot stuff. The water all dripping off of it. Super neat. Yeah, the water looks pretty good, but it's... Well, scaling water is really difficult. It's even hard with modern computers. Yeah. But uh, mm. they do pretty good to make it look big. Yeah. Yeah. Although there is a part where there's just like one giant bubble of water on it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah the, the layering... <laughs> But the mist coming off. Yeah, that, that covers up the, yeah. the bombs and, and does make it look nicer. And more realistic. Mm. So, yeah. It's up. Oh, the, the title ship is there. It's going to kick ass. And that is the end of the episode. Bum, bum. <sighs> Alas, so overall, poor fish you know, it, you know, It's an enjoyable episode. Uh, it's a good send-off for both Rampage and Depth Charge. Yeah. Yep. And a good performance from their voice actors in uh, what I guess would be Campbell Lane's last Transformers appearance, but I guess we'll see David Sobolov in another decade uh, on Transformers Prime. Yay! Oh, and, and Waspinator's speech is oh so good. That is great. It's the best. Such a heartfelt speech from the most comic relief character in the entire show. He's so genuinely done. Yeah. Just done. He's had 50 episodes of being exploded, his parts left all over the place. So much so that people have collected bits of him as trophies. <laughs> as we'll find out in the next episode, yeah. Rat Trap has enough bits of Waspinator to make another Waspinator. Yes. Uh, more than another Waspinator, probably. He just has it as a but of... yeah, it's... Oh, that, it, it's a really good episode, but that Waspinator moment is my favorite part, because... Really oh, it's like so good. Just it says, is one of the greatest Beast Wars episodes. Mm-hmm. Or Be- Beast Wars moments, rather. It's a good episode. Yes. And that is it for Nemesis Part 1. Yeah. 
Uh, we will be back, of course, next week with Nemesis Part 2 and the end of the Beast Wars. <gasps> no. Spoiler! Spoiler! handy. Oh. I'll but, until, yeah, but until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash stasispod. We're on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And we're on Twitter at, at stasispod. And our RSS feed is found on iaconunderground.net and we are now appearing on Play Music's podcast service. Uh, you can just plug in the title of the show, Stasis Pod, and it'll show up in your search and you can listen to us there. And if you prefer, you right. can also find us on iTunes and while you're there, rate and review us. Yep. The more reviews we get, the more visible we are and the more people hopefully watch Stasis Pod. Or yes, listen and to Stasis Pod. Yes. And they'll also Beast Wars, which they should, because Beast Wars is great. Beast Wars yeah. is awesome. It's great. Oh, it, or you can tell people to listen to us, or you know, well, just tell them to watch Beast Wars, and then listen to us. That'd be fun. Tell a friend, shout it at window, whipper it into the ears of passing squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Yeah, I guess I'm going to stand up and stretch. What are you looking at? Well, I'm going to stand up. Hi.